יובל, שקד. What drives your motivation? Ooh, a great many things, but start with myself. I think the, the self-drive above anything else. The reason I'm asking, you know why? <laughs> Because we're going to talk about motivation. Yeah, but not <laughs> your motivation. Today we're going to talk about employee motivation. Wow, I'm excited and motivated to start this episode. Move forward. People talking business. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Forward, the podcast to bring you ideas and thoughts to take your business, team, and self forward. This episode, we're going to talk about motivation and how it's crucial for business growth and success because everything is really laid on our motivation. And in the spirit of the World Cup, I don't know who you're for. What's your team? Poland. <laughs> They're out. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. I'm so bad at soccer. All right. So just in the spirit of the World Cup, if you have a team with tons of superstars, but no motivation. Yeah, no motivation, no team. That's a problem. That's a problem. And if your opponent is a team with highly motivated, motivated players not superstars they can win motivations plays a major factor no doubt I agree all right so today we're gonna talk about a couple of things first of all is the importance of employee motivation we're gonna touch on a few stats then we're gonna cover six motivation drivers for each person actually and then how we can take that to our business to our teams and also how you can make all that very productive engaged and successful group of staff and of course we'll give some examples of And tools how you can develop it for your managers and your employees sounds good sounds good sounds like a plan few things about motivation and its importance how important that is you think in a business I think before we look at the business let's look at ourselves ask yourself how am I doing when I'm highly motivated versus how am I doing when I'm not so much motivated that pretty much tell you the entire difference now multiply that by the amount of people working for you and you can understand the impact did you have a task that you weren't motivated to do take the dog out you mean yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i have a lot of tasks sometimes that i'm not motivated to do and then i need to see if i can find my own motivations or they just don't happen just like home just like relationships also in business that's important i'll touch on a few stats so we will really understand how it can impact your business one only 15 of employees worldwide feel engaged do you know that i actually did know that that's yes. insane very low number let's go directly to motivation things because it's related to that employees work 20 better when they're motivated according to gallup did you know that i Actually, I didn't know that, but I would estimate that not only they work 20% better, but also their productivity goes up significantly. That's true. When they're engaged, it's in increasing the profitability of the business actually by 21% just by increasing their motivation, which is great. And also it reduced the turnover and increased the retention in about 41%. And motivated employees are 87% less likely to resign, which is a major cost anyways. And that's according to a survey of 50,000 employees. Yeah. No, I think the, the role of motivation in helping a business push forward is undoubtable. So now when we could see the impact of engaged and motivated group of employees, staff, or individuals, let's talk about the six motivation factors each person has. So we have two types. One, external. and internal yep. let's talk about the external first of all so when we say external motivations we usually think about things that are coming from the outside could be the prize it could be the compensation it's something that is not necessarily related to the actual task itself so that would be an external motivator meaning incentives yeah yeah, yeah. like 
when we say external motivation, it's, in a way, it's artificial incentives. It's like you come to your dog and you tell them, if you'll sit, you get a treat, right? Those are two completely separate actions, but we make the connection between the two of them. We create the motivation to perform the task in order to get that external incentive. That could be a treat. That could be vacation days. That could be raising salary. That could be options. That could be anything else that we find relevant. I agree. And especially when it comes to employees, so we talk about rising in salary, commissions a lot of times, rewards that you can give, and also fear. So for example, today 100%. if you work at Twitter... You're afraid. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> or, or you can have a lot of motivation, but from the wrong reasons. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Okay, so that's one type of motivation. It's all the internal incentives that you can get. That was actually the external motivation. Uh, sorry, that's the external, right? I don't know if you want that in the workspace. I don't know if you want that at all. I'm not sure if it's good or not. We'll talk about that. But then we have also the internal motivation, which here we have six main motivation drivers for each person. Do you know what they are? I can try to guess. Go ahead. So first, let's kind of break it down by giving an example for what internal motivation is all about. Let's say you're starting a business as a business owner and you really want that business to succeed. So obviously you also want it in order to get, you know, the dollar value at the end. But along the way, you're getting independence and you're getting credit for it. And you're getting all those different things that are direct results of the action that you're taking. They're part of the journey in a way. And when you're looking at those upsides that are part of the journey, those are your internal motivations. You know, when you go play soccer, you enjoy it. Your motivation to play soccer is the fun. For most people, it's the fun that would drive them to go and play soccer. Unlike Ronaldo, by the way. Have you seen what happened <laughs> with Saudi Arabia? Uh, no. 200 million euro contracts per season. Crazy numbers. 100 million? Euro per season. Jesus. Yeah. In any case, so that's an well, external that's a good motivation. Example external, yeah, motivation. But on the other hand, when you play for the love of the game, you play for enjoyment. So enjoyment would be one of those core fundamental internal motivators. You like doing something, you enjoy it, so you're doing it for the fun of it. But I guess also it's very rare to have like for pure joy to do something. Most of the times you have one of the following things. So we have achievement. Just want to achieve something. You want to succeed for the sake of succeeding. People who like to get tasks done. I would call it goal-oriented in a way, but it's a person that really cares about the goal. And you'll see it along the way in how they plan things, in how they judge things. The first question they would ask, did we meet the goal or didn't we meet the goal? Did I make it or didn't I make it? So they're very, very structured in their way of thinking. They want to push things from point A to point B. They want to check the box. They want to make sure that, you know, task completed in a success. And if we go to Ronaldo, so that would be, I just want to win another trophy, another trophy, another title. I think so. I mean, it's hard to tell with him, but yeah. But if you go to a, a coffee shop or a business, that could be, I want to make the hires, right? I want to fill the ranks as soon as I can. Like, I need to make those four hires. Let's check the boxes. Let's make those four hires in time. The Next one is growth, which is a lot about diversity. All the creative minds out there might relate to that. You want diversity. You want to feel that you're growing in whatever environment. That I think may the be. right word here would be variety. You're very keen about doing various things. You're getting excited when you're doing something new. So let's split that into two. Something that is, again, within myself and something that is related to my surroundings. For example, 
let's say I never did the opening for the restaurant. And now you trust me to do that opening for the restaurant. I'm doing it for the first time. It's something that is new to me. There is some kind of excitement within it. There is motivation within it for doing it for the first time, right? Hopefully doing it successfully. But there are also things that are a little bit on the internal self. Like, I learned today how to operate the coffee machine. That's something that I'll take with me. Or I learned something new that I can do today that I couldn't have done yesterday. So I feel like I'm growing. And it could be on small things and it could be on big things, right? I'm building a budget for the first time. That's another new thing that I haven't done before. That brings that gross experience for me. Next one, autonomy, control, power. So I think the, I would phrase it as ownership in a way. You're right. There is autonomy, there is power, there is control there. But it's basically owning something, right? When you're first being promoted to be the shift manager, you're first owning everything that happens on the floor, all the employees, all the unexpected things. You own the floor. You own the responsibility. And there is great, I would even say, joy in it. But the fact that someone trusts you, the fact that you're the owner of it, whether it succeeds or fails, could be a really great driver for a lot of different people. I agree. I think the key word here is trust. You want to feel trusted and you want to have the autonomy or ownership to do things by yourself. That really gives you this internal motivation. And there's the other side of it. Many times you want to feel like you're the one that drove the success. Okay, so with ownerships comes the accountability for both sides. If you screw up, you screwed up. But if you succeed, it's you're the one that made it succeed, right? If you're opening now the new store for the branch, whether that branch would succeed or not, that's on you. You have the ownership on it. So you're very proud that someone trusts you. But the real benefit, like the real motivation driver is to be able to do it good. And then, you know, you reap the success. It's like it's on you that you made it succeed. Which leads me to the next one, which would be social acceptance or feedback. Because some will say, okay, I made it by myself, by my own. And some would love or be motivated more from the feedback that they would get from uh, working with big names. More than that. You know, I testify for myself. There was a time when I was a freelancer. And it wasn't that I was less good at my job when I did the same thing as a freelancer it just i did it with myself i learned through that process that i really like the appreciation that comes with the value that you create so that social experience of being recognized for the good work that you're performing of being appreciated is a great motivator tool for myself so that point where you're talking about the social aspect or the recognition aspect or the engagement aspect you know when you talk to an employee a junior employee in a a bigger company if they have ceo time they feel more appreciated because they like that type of engagement. So that actual social experience is a motivator by itself. There are a lot of different sub-motivators. It could be being next to leadership. It could be being appreciated for the hard work you had. It could be getting that actual recognition from your peers. We're seeing that a lot on sales, right? Someone made a sale, everyone celebrate for them. You want to be the one that is under the spotlight. Exactly. Even as, as a barista, you can have that feedback that, wow, the coffee is great. 100%. Actually, you know, we can learn a lot from social media today and our behavior and our employees' behavior. And we can spot all these elements in social media, right? So you have people that would say, okay, I just want to upload content each day. That's my goal. Goal-oriented. Yeah. Then you have, okay, I want as many likes and follows and comments. Social-driven. Exactly. And then you have those who say, okay, I want to grow my channel. I want to create more and more and more, create amazing content that no one ever did. I want to be creative. I want to be on that growth path. I want to do new things. Exactly. So we can look at social media and we can see that it really provides all these elements. And that's why people just love it. And, and maybe a bit addicted to that because it touches each and every 
one of their motivations. Yeah, and I think it's important to understand, by the way, there is one more factor that we don't want to forget. We'll get to that in a second. But it's important to understand there is no separation between each of those drivers. Like you can be comprised of more than a single driver. Usually there would be one key motivator that may be escorted by other sub-motivators. But the bottom line is you can always break it down to those types of motivators. And if we're navigating from here, segueing from here to the last motivator, which is more rarely fine, I think one of the most important things his impact exactly and if you look at Elon Musk because you like looking at him quite often I think one of the really beautiful and appreciative things that you can look at Elon Musk is that his driver is impact for the human race like he judges actions not by the number of you know followers he has or not by the number of funds in his bank but by the ability to allow the human race to be better than it was and that's you know that's the high right hand side of being driven by by impact i agree that can also be again in social media or each and everything because you can make something that will make such an impact to raise awareness for some problem you want to talk about the ability to recognize someone that is directed by impact is basically looking at how they analyze their activities are they looking at what happened throughout the process or how they talk about what happens mm-hmm. after the process exactly let's say i gave you a, a task to build a new training process for baristas right we like the baristas example now if when you talk to me after the fact about the mission you talk to me about how you structured the process and how you went about different steps and everything else that might be any one of those other motivators that we talked about but if you're talking to me about how now we're able to onboard baristas in half the time and they're doing you know a much better job you're very focused on the bottom line impact of what happened here so that means your key motivator here was to drive the impact you're either focused on the impact or you're focused about the process or things around the process and the good news of course is that each and every one has the entire six motivation drivers and it's just a matter of which one is a bit more in emphasis. And each year, actually, it changes. So we changed a bit, the environment changes, and then also our internal motivation would change. Yeah, more than that, from one task to the other, it's like, you know, people like to say that a person is non-motivated or a person is motivated. But the truth of the matter is that it's it's something that is provides a very holistic perspective of things, right? Because I may not be motivated to take the dog out, but I may be super motivated on building my business. So it really is to put things into context when you judge motivation. And that's also when you need to understand how you can navigate. Once you understand those motivation building blocks, you can understand how to play the game better. Who stands in front of you, what makes most sense to kind of what would resonate with them most, and then how you can drive them, or in other words, motivate them the right way. Exactly. Okay, so now it's when it's getting a bit more interesting. We covered the six internal motivation factors. And now let's look on how we can spot them in our employees, our managers, as a business owner, as an operator. You want to be able to spot that to understand what motivations your employees have, your team has. And then according to that, how we can use it and work around that, not in a manipulative way, but in a good way that will drive more and more productivity, engagement, and retention. So before we go into how to identify what motivates your employees, do you think that we should use more of the motivators that we talked about rather others, like more internal, less external? They're both important. Which one should we use? Which one should we don't? External motivators are unavoidable. They're very much intertwined to our day-to-day life. They're the hardest for us because you can't just raise salaries, you know, without thinking about the consequences. So they will always be there. 
But the real place where we have playroom is the internal motivators. The better you are at understanding the persona in front of you, the better you are at understanding what really makes them tick, the easier it is for you to kind of bring them on the same page and help them get the job done in a right way and be excited about it. Yeah, so basically you're saying if you're relying only on external motivators, you'll be stuck at some point because you can't raise the salary over and over again and you can't just give people rewards for making a good job because they will get used to that. They will want more. And it's much better and healthier and more positive environment to go to these internal motivators that actually cost less. And we could see from the numbers that increase your profitability, productivity, and everything. Especially in a discuss environment where I think the, the flexibility of everything that is related to external motivators is qu- somewhat limited. True. All right. So let's talk about that and check also the frontline workforce aspects. How to identify what motivates employees. Before I talk a little bit about, you know, the the motivators that we've seen here inside, I'll just say that everyone has that mechanism within them. Okay, automatically you talk to someone, you can see what you care about. I can tell, you know, a little bit on kind of what are the soft spots, what are the important spots. It's the same muscle. Only what we're trying to do right now is frame it a little bit better. So get a little bit more clarity on what it is that we're looking for. And I think here language and the areas of focus when people are talking about what they do are maybe the most significant things and i'll give an example we actually touched about on that a few minutes ago but let's dive a little deeper so for example if i'm a goal-oriented person it would always be about performing the goal right so you give me a task i ask okay when should it be delivered what are your instructions of how we know if it's a success or not and i may not be so explicit about how i say it but If I'm goal-oriented in terms of my motivation, I want to do a good job. I want to know that I checked the box. I want to know that all the elements along the way happened. So that means that in my language, you'll search for what would success look like? What is the deadline? Those type of things. So you're saying just by a day-to-day communication, first of all, check what they're saying, right? The words words count. By the way, I like to do it in interviews. I like to ask someone about a project that they had, and I really listen well to the way they describe it. If they talk a lot about the process, it tells me one thing. If they don't talk about the impact, then I know they don't care that much about the impact. If they use a lot of words like that happened for the first time or that was super creative or that was very new. I understand that those are people that are really excited about doing new things all the time. So it's the small bits and bites that help you recognize each and every one of those motivators. And again, it's not like you're doing something and you're always just driven by goals. It will be a combination, but listening to the small bits and bites will tell you what is the combination of those motivators that kind of drives you forward absolutely and and just to clarify let's focus on the employee side of things hiring is for you to understand the motivators to decide whether they fit or not for your company but when you already have employees and you know what motivates them you know how to identify that you'll be able to boost their engagement productivity and everything and and then your company can grow so if you focus on, on that end of things, I think that some of the things that you can do would be, first of all, one-on-ones. Like you said, ask them the questions. How was your week? What was important? What was a, a task that I gave you that made you feel that you succeed? And then spot these words that we talked about. Survey them. You can use tools to survey them, let them write different things. And then from the text, you can understand their motivators from the words that they're saying, from their comments of different things, just from the day-to-day and through mechanism that examine 
how they feel about certain things in their day to day, you can really spot what's going on. And I think if you're a business owner, operator, you can delegate that to your managers and they can do these checks with the employees and bring it back to the table. And you can do the same with the managers if you are the owner. Yeah, 100%. I think sometimes shedding the right light on a task or job you want them to do can really shape the way things are perceived by our employees. For example, I can tell you, Shaked, you need to do closing. Or Shaked, I know you haven't done it before. I really want you to do closing today and it's on you to get it done right. I trust you to do it right. Let me know how it went eventually. And then, you know, you have here something new. You have the responsibility. You have the ownership. You're excited of someone trusting you. That would probably result in a better performance as opposed to, Shaked, you'll do the close today. I know you've never done it before. Here's the checklist, yeah. right? That's in a case that I'm motivated by. So in this case, appreciation and, and autonomy, right? Autonomy, yeah. Okay, so if I'd be more a goal-oriented, maybe you'd tell me, Okay, the last person, they closed the restaurant in 30 minutes. Let's see if you can do it in 25. An amazing example, by the way. Now let's check how we can use these motivation factors for helping our employees, our managers, our teams to be more productive, engaged, and successful. So we started talking about that with task delegation. Before we go to that, another important thing is not only to examine that with words and serving, I think body language can tell a lot. That's always true. The bottom line, the essence of what we're saying today is basically you want to wire your brain to listen to the small things. And by understanding those motivators, you can be much better tuned to those small things. Those small things are being said on a one-to-one occasion, through surveys, through different types of engagement with the employees, but also through their body language. You know, are they keen about it or not? Are they proud of what they do or not? You can see all of that coming through. So let's talk about how we can use these motivation factors uh, on a daily basis. So you started saying about when you're delegating tasks, the way that you can approach these tasks, the way that you say it, how do you describe the task according to what you know already on this person? Yeah. And I think, you know, people think many times that, okay, I'll read that body language book and then I'll be able to manipulate the world. It's not about that. It's about understanding how we as people work, what makes us tick, and then being much more front open about it. So for example, Shaked, I know for you, it's very, very important to do this and that. Maybe today's task, you know, it's nothing new, it's nothing that. And I can say that. I can say, I know there's nothing new to it. I know you've done it before, but it needs to get done. And by the fact that you recognize it, that you know what it means for me, you know what it captures me, that puts me in the right place to perform that task. And I appreciate, I appreciate that honesty, you know? So I really think if we're talking practicality, one set of the practicality is being able to recognize those different things through all the channels that you've just listed down. But the other set of the practicality is how on a day-to-day basis in everything that we do, number one, I listen better. And number two, I motivate better. I help you to better understand the opportunity at the task, or the downside of the task, and we kind of mitigate those two together. I think there's two aspects here. First of all, the fact that you recognize that we have different motivations, right? And if it's incorporated in your communication on a daily basis, so when you're communicating with your employees, doesn't matter if, by the way, it's through one-on-one personal communication or through a mobile app when you're sending messages and so on, you can show them that you see through them, right? For example, I know that it's important for you to have autonomy, but in this case, I must be hands-on because it's super important for me. So just the fact that I communicated that makes you more motivated or at least you say, okay, he sees me and that's a better communication, better culture. They'll feel more engaged. They'll be less unmotivated. And the other practice here is also to 
delegate the task using these factors. So for example, like you said, I need you to close the shop for the first time and I trust you to do it by yourself. I'm not going to be here. If you need anything, call me. I'm not going to bug you uh, or nudge you with anything. And I trust you to do it well because I know that autonomy is something that's very important for you. And if I want to, um, you know, list a few rules of thumb that I think would be super useful is give credit when you can, show them you trust them and appreciate them, not just by saying it, but through your actions, right? Let them run on their own. Remember that sometimes they'll make mistakes. That is totally okay. You need to get them covered. And think before you ask for something. No, you don't need to ask to think before you ask someone to take the trash out. But if you're having a bit of a bigger model, you know, someone is doing scheduling for the first time or someone is now budgetizing for something or something like that, think a little bit on what's the right way to present it and harness the employee in the right way. And that will get you a long way. Spot on. So now let's take a more complicated case. 80% of the workforce are non-disc employees, frontline employees. It's way harder to get into those conversations on a daily basis, regular basis. And then it's much easier to lose motivation or to lose the grasp of motivation in a company like that. So in a business organization, that nature, what could be good practice to use these motivation factors on a daily basis to reach those employees on the front lines and still maintain their motivation. So I think there are a few things that we can do, but it starts with communicating and engaging with them, right? So being able to communicate, to engage. Again, I would recommend a mobile first application that can help you do that. Why? Because I think most of those employees are not in front of a computer and you're not necessarily going to see them on a day-to-day basis, but being able to use the mobile as a main tool for communication, you get that connection with them. You're able to close the loop. Can you give examples? We talked about social media maybe that can serve a lot like social media for them i think it's more than social media because it's it's a work tool eventually right if they were in the office i would tell you do one-on-ones send them the right emails select them where you can recognize run those surveys recognize them but you don't have those tools in this environment and then you need to find the alternative and that would usually go through some type of a mobile first app okay but you do have the operational side of things right that's just a way to delegate operational things uh, during the day but then you have also you know, the communication aspects, the HR aspects. Yeah, let's say you want to run a survey. It doesn't help you to have a scheduling tool. You want a communication tool. You want an engagement tool where they can, you know, vocalize or comment on something. And it also, usually those apps come with capabilities for celebration and recognition and appreciation and all those different things that we talked about before. Let's say you're in the wholesale business and someone did it really, really well. You can all celebrate it together. And even though if I'm not in the same location as you are, we can see it, we can celebrate it, we can all be excited about it all together and you get that motivation. Yeah. I have a few examples in mind or ideas. I think if you're using these type of apps, okay, and it's a great way to reach each and every employee and Let's talk about goal-oriented or achievement. So you can have a way to combine whatever you want to tell them in a way that they have task list. And then they can just complete the task. And after they're completing that, if they care about feedback and social recognition, you can use a company feed to recognize them in front of the dog company. If they care more about the communication with you as the manager, so you can open a team chat that they are part of it and you can communicate with them during the day about their tasks or whatever you want it to be. So you can still use those elements, again, just like we do on social media, to motivate your employees on a daily basis, even if they're at the customer's house, the coffee shop, on the floor, whatever it might be. 100%. So it's kind of a gateway for you to overcome that physical gap between you and your employees in a way 
if we'll summarize it for today, I think we all understand that motivation is important. One of the most important things is to kind of break that down, to develop that mindset of recognizing the different motivations and know how to use that as a tool for us to better manage our employees, to better run our business. And one of the great ways of achieving it, especially in deskless industries, is by using the right tools, having the ability to communicate with those employees, to have the interaction with the employees, to transfer and convey messages in the right way that is aligned with those motivations, I think is one of the most meaningful things that we as managers, as business owners can do. I agree. And I think also, if you're a business owner or HR manager, for example, you can take that stuff, you can do a little bit of research, and you can train your managers around those things and once they are trained and they are aware of these elements they can use it with their employees and they can make sure that they communicate to their employees things that are around their motivators it's those simple questions that once you've asked you cannot unsee them you know in the sense that now you understand that you can look at motivations in that way and you'll start recognizing it all around and you can really harness that for your day-to-day interactions by the way not just at work it's true for every relationship. And, you know, even if you're the CEO and you want to write the message from the CEO for the holiday, for example, for Christmas, now you can also take these elements and make sure that you write something that really touch on these motivators. Yeah, understand our audience and kind of tailor those two things together. First of all, wow. I'm super motivated to do the next episode with you, Yuval, because I really like to be around you. And also it gives me a lot of joy. So that's beautiful. Are you motivated? Yes, Shaked, <laughs> I'm so motivated. After hearing that yeah, speech, look. I cannot be more motivated than I am. <laughs> you can hear the motivation. Perfect. So I think it was really a great episode. It's not very technical, but it's around a very important component that just by knowing that there are these elements in each person, you can approach your employees differently. It doesn't matter if they're at the office, outside of the office, or the frontline workers, language barrier, whatever it might be, you can just use these type of things, these six motivators to boost their engagement, etc. Today's quote. Are you ready? Yes. We're going to quote Thomas Jefferson today. And Thomas said, I'm a great believer in luck, and I find the harder I work, the more I have of it. Or in other words, the more I put my energy, the more like I get. Mm. So how does that relate to what we talked about today? Well, I think once we understand that motivation is not going to fall up from the sky, you need to work on building motivation then you understand that the more motivated you are to build that motivation, the more motivated your employees would be. And at the end, it's always, always, always down to hard work and pushing it forward. So you're saying you can't just come in the morning and expect everybody to be motivated. You need to work hard on recognizing, understanding what motivates them and then use it. Exactly. Spot on. Ronnie, our producer. You have also another important sentence or yes, quote from Yes, an impressive uh, person, at least like Thomas Jefferson. Please. Lady Gaga said, There can be a hundred people in the room, and 99 don't believe in you, but one does. Sometimes you need one person to believe in you, and then you'll get very motivated. Drop it. All right, everybody, thanks for being with us here today, and we'll see you all in our next episode.